Welcome to Leveling the Playing Field, the podcast where we break down the delusions, fallacies, and misunderstandings about markets, investing, and risk. I'm your host, Ken Goldberg, and I've spent the last four decades immersed in the world of finance and investments, from big Wall Street firms to the Chicago trading floor. I founded and sold three hedge funds, won the World Cup trading championship, and my insights have been highly sought after as the most read outside contributor at thestreet.com. In this podcast, it's just you and me deep diving into the topics that most investors just don't understand. I'll be sharing my experiences, observations, and strategies to help you level the playing field and make more informed decisions. So let's go. Okay, let's get down to it. Today's episode is about the greatest of all Wall Street adages. And here it is. The bigger the top, the bigger the drop. And the top that's being built, that's completing in this time frame, in this price zone, is going to be epic. It is going to blow 2008 away. It's going to blow 2020. The COVID pandemic crash is going to blow that away. We're going to show in a minute the similarities between those two. And you better get ready because this is no joke. This is going to be a debacle, a stock mageddon, a event that most people will definitely want to avoid. So let's get right down to it. Scroll down to your first chart. Let's talk about what's going on, okay? Not just the media representation of what they'd like us to believe, but what's really going on. Chart one, as you can see, shows home prices, the median home prices in the country tanking. Interestingly enough, this has only happened, as you can see at the far right, 2023, this has only happened twice in the past 60 years, once in 1970 and once in 2008. Other than that, this is the third time in 60 years. 1970s occurrence of home prices across the country diving at the rate that they're diving now led to the horrific recession in the early 1970s. As you know, in 2006 and 2007, the housing market peaked and crashed at such an enormous magnitude that it took down several big banks, several big brokerage firms, and many of the country's biggest lenders, where the government had to come in and bail all those companies out. That's why Merrill Lynch is no longer a private company. Merrill Lynch is now part of Bank of America, and many other financial companies got absorbed. Some, like Lehman, actually only Lehman, Lehman Brothers, was allowed to go bankrupt. It was so big and so bad that they had to let it go under. And that is what we may be looking at in the next couple of years. Take a look at this chart. There it is. Medium home prices are contracting aggressively. In just the last two years, the percentage change has gone from 20% 
through minus 8%. This is the sharpest collapse in prices ever, and it never ends well. Each of the past two instances in 1970 and 2008 ended with stock market crashes of more than 30%. That would be mild compared to what we could see in the next couple of years. What does that mean? Well, remember that this whole real estate slide began two years ago with the commercial real estate market. Remember hearing about it here in this podcast that some of the best real estate markets in the country were experiencing their worst vacancy rates ever. San Francisco is well above 30%. Nobody thought that that would matter, but New York started to fall. Boston, Chicago, Dallas, all the biggies are seeing huge rises in vacancies. That means that those big buildings are about to go to auction, and that's happening already in San Francisco. What does that mean? Well, from commercial, we've seen that bleed down into the chart, the first chart that you just looked at, single-family homes. Look at the next chart. The next chart is the bleed through to multifamily homes, multifamily housing, apartment buildings, condo buildings, multifamily housing. Check out that chart. This is the most serious delinquency rate in multifamily housing since 2012. And of course, 2012 was on its way down from the 2010 peak. But look at that huge spike telling us that not just commercial, not just residential, but now even multifamily housing or apartment buildings are feeling the weight of the economy, which has turned down, and most people just refuse to acknowledge it. Look, why is the economy turned down? The government just went through the greatest interest rate hiking program in the shortest period of time in history. They literally turned off the economy by jacking interest rates from two and three quarters percent for a 30-year mortgage to seven and three quarters, eight percent, sometimes even eight and a quarter percent was seen earlier this fall. Now they've come down a little bit, but the interest rates are absolutely choking the American economy. We've seen in the past few episodes here, I've pointed out that credit card debt exceeding a trillion dollars. Student loans exceeding a trillion dollars. Car loans exceeding a trillion dollars. And now that's starting to add up. There's so much debt out there that people are having trouble not only paying their credit cards, cars, and student payments, but here we see them defaulting on their apartments, multifamily housing, delinquency rates skyrocketing. Well, what does that mean to us? It means you got to get ready. As I've shown, as history, not me, but as history has shown, and I'm simply bringing the message out, when recessions of this magnitude have occurred in the past 60 years, there's only been twice, 1970 and 2008, the markets fell at least 30%. Look at the third chart. Now, this third chart is kind of mind-boggling, so I'm going to go through it a little bit. This is a chart that tracks 
Uh, the S&P, which is the Standard & Poor's 500 index, everyone knows it. That's in the top portion of the chart. And then the bottom portion of the chart, you see this blue squiggly line. And that is the AAII bearish percentage. That's the American Association of Individual Investors bearish percentage. So they do a survey and they ask the public, they ask Joe Public on the street, are you bullish or bearish? And when the public is bullish, markets tend to peak. And one way of measuring that is asking them how bullish they are. Another way of measuring that is asking them how bearish they are. When there's no bears, when nobody's worried about a market decline, then they're bullish. And as you can see, check out that number. This is a two-week-old number at 19.6. This is the lowest number since 2018. Now, what, what relevance to that does that have? Well, there are less bears now, which means there are more bulls now than at the all-time highs in the market in 2021. There are more bulls now, less bears now, than there were in the 2022 rally that didn't make it to a new high. There's just no bears around. That's not a good sign. When there's no bears, that means that the bear is coming. So let's keep that in mind as well. Now let's go down to the fourth chart, the final chart. This is something that most people don't track. It turns out that there are certain cycles that repeat throughout time. Sometimes they skip and sometimes they fade away and sometimes they invert or go upside down. But there's one that's about to occur, which we need to pay strict attention to. So if you look at the fourth chart, it's called operative cycles. And what it tracks is, uh, there's two cycles here that it's tracking. The first cycle is called the optimism cycle. And those are the red columns that I've drawn from the peak in the cycle. So when the cycle gets to peak optimism, when everyone's at their most bullish, at their most risk tolerant, when they're taking the biggest risk, when they're buying the stocks that they know they shouldn't be buying, but they're buying them anyway, when they're investing with this concept of FOMO, fear of missing out, that tends to occur at the peak in the optimism cycle. It's a two-year cycle. And as you can see on the left, it peaked in January of 2018. And what happened? Stocks peaked, the S&P, this is actually the Dow on this chart. The Dow peaked at 28,000 and fell to 21,000 in the next year. What happened two years later, February of 2020, 25 months later? February of 2020 was when the COVID pandemic arrived. That caused, look at that red column, second red column from the left, that optimism peak was so optimistic that COVID caught everyone so off guard that you can see an immediate crash of like 38 to 40%. That was the biggest, fastest crash from an all-time high, February 2020, in history. The fastest crash of 35 to 40% ever, and it occurred in from the February peak in optimism. Look at the next peak in optimism, the late 2021, early 2022, all-time high 
and the Dow, the S&P, and the NASDAQ, and the Russell, everybody, all of those indices peaked in that third column from the left. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you go forward, again, every two years, that happens. January of 18, February of 20, December of 2021, uh, into January of 2022, two years later, Feb 20 to Jan 22, and now we're two years beyond that. We're about to be January of 2024. So we're in that two-year window where the optimism cycle peaks. And you can see it down there on the right. The furthest red column to the right, it's right on that peak of the optimism cycle. And that can occur any time now. It may have occurred a couple months ago. It may occur in the next month. It could occur into January. January is about the latest that it can occur. And you can see above that column I put, peak in optimism due November 2023 to January 2024, this time from a lower price high. Notice that 2018 occurred at a higher all-time high than 2016. 2020 occurred at a higher high than 18. 2022 occurred at a higher high than 2020. And here we are about to do the 2023-2024 peak. It's occurring at a lower high. That shows weakness in the market at the wrong time, which is the peak of optimism. And let's look at the lower cycle now. That's the peak of pessimism. That's a four-year cycle. So the optimism peak is a two-year cycle. Let's look at the pessimism cycle. The far left bottoming of the pessimism cycle was Feb of 2016. Four years later, March of 2020. And four years beyond that is early 2024. We're coming into the pessimism extreme. Now, we've only seen one example in the past 10 years where the optimism cycle peaked within only a month or two of the pessimism cycle bottoming. And that was the February of 20 stock market peak and the March of 20 stock market bottom. That was a five-week collapse in prices. That was the greatest crash from an all-time high in history, the greatest, shortest crash. And here we are again, a peak either just occurred in late 2023 or is about to, and look when the bottom is due in early 2024. So the setup is just like 2020 from February to March. In other words, at any time, we have to expect what could be a 30 plus percent market collapse, maybe more. And that is just history making itself known to those who know where to look. So here we are. Here's the data right in front of our eyes. And now we have to make some decisions because the wealth effect that this could have on our lives is epic. If you are having a big event coming in the next few years, you've got kids going to college, you're going to retire, you want to sell your house. We've seen that real estate, commercial, residential, and now multifamily is collapsing. We've seen that the 
public is at its most risk assumptive, its most bullish as shown by the lack of bears in five years. And we've seen that these two cycles, which continually repeat and have repeated for a while, are about to rain holy hell down on the market. And that leaves the only logical decision, the only rational choice right here, right now, is to protect your portfolio. Use stop-loss orders, take profits, exit, raise cash. These are the things that must be done right now. Let us know if you need help making those decisions. We are here for you. Remember, we got you. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. Hey, I really wanted to thank everyone for honoring us and taking the time to listen to our show. There's, of course, tens of thousands of podcasts out there now. And we're grateful that you find the time to come back and listen to ours. Just know that we got you.